Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something both enjoyable and informative for our listeners. During this episode, we will discuss Greek life particularly Black Greek Letter Organizations, or BGLOs, and their contradictions with the Word of God and His will for the church. Today's podcast was produced by Minister Juanita Jackson with contributions from Sister Mariah Bellamy. It was edited by Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tynika Harris Coronado. I'll be right back with today's episode. One of the appeals to joining a Greek organization rests within the abundance of networking opportunities, typically a result of the close relationships that members establish amongst themselves. These close bonds of sisterhood and brotherhood, another appeal, allow its members to feel a part of something with people that share a like-mindedness. This connection leads to another attraction to Greek life. The mission. The bread and butter of any organization is its mission. Naturally, people will gravitate toward organizations that best describes their interest and align with their beliefs, which many Greek organizations do. It's important to note that Greek life also gets its appeal because of its association with popularity, parties, strolling, and stepping. While important to note that these activities mainly occur at the collegiate level, they can overshadow the true and important purpose of Greek membership. As we navigate through this earthly life, being connected to others or feeling like a part of a group is often a natural desire for many. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God stated, It is not good that the man should be alone. As a result, we often strive to make connections with people, groups, organizations, and communities with whom we feel most comfortable with and have similar thoughts, goals, wants, needs, and desires. Many undergraduate and postgraduate students are often intrigued by Greek organizations because of their numerous benefits. Greek life can be very attractive because it not only allows one to form deep and lasting connections, but it can also lead to societal gains such as employment, distinction, and philanthropy all while simultaneously fulfilling one's personal desires. Greek life plays a significant role for many people, particularly in the black community, which we'll focus on today while discussing black Greek letter organizations. All nine BGLOs make it their mission to uplift the black community as a whole through their dedication to education, service, and civil rights similar to that of the church. 
Both have used their influence to promote the general welfare of the people that they serve, which prompts the question, or the elephant in the room. Can these entities, the church and Greek organizations, coexist and work together? Furthermore, can a person who is saved be or become a member of a Greek organization? We'll take a brief look at the history of BGLOs. According to the New World Encyclopedia 2022, Phi Beta Kappa Society was the first Greek letter student society founded at the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia on December 5th, 1776. Often mentioned, this society was formed because the founders were rejected for membership by another student society called the Flat Hat Club, which was established at the same college on November 11, 1750. Founder of these organizations will say they were created to foster academic, community service, and social initiatives unique to each chapter. For example, Alpha Kappa Alpha, or AKA, is a black sorority founded in 1908 on the Howard University campus. Its original nine founders sought to cultivate high scholastic and ethical standards and promote friendship and unity among women. Another goal included alleviating problems concerning girls and women while serving all mankind. During the recruitment process for many Greek organizations, individuals go through different events and rounds to be chosen. However, some recruits are considered legacy applicants, meaning they have some biological family member, such as a parent, grandparent, aunt, or uncle, already affiliated with the organization and are often automatically chosen. The recruitment process has various activities to assist the members in choosing new pledges. Most colleges and universities have what is called Rush Week. During this week, there are various social events where interested individuals attend. While some Greek organizations have public activities, some organizations keep Rush Week activities secretive. And unless one is clever enough to find a flyer in random places or is informed by a member or others who know about the activities, they may miss attending these activities. These social events are very important to attend to these organizations because members of the organizations observe interested individuals and use their participation at these events to help in the recruitment process. At the end of Rush Week, members meet, review applications, discuss legends, and choose a line. Pledges are often sworn to secrecy. So much of what happens is kept private. If information is shared, the breach of trust can lead to negative consequences for the pledges. 
During the pledging process, pledges learn even more about the organization, its founders, leaders, and members, and they often engage in rituals, learning chants, and songs pertaining to their fraternity or sorority. One may say, this isn't bad. We learn about Christ, the Bible's history, scriptures, and more. However, many of the rituals, songs, and chants often contradict the Word of God. Let's look at a few of these to see how they measure up against God's Word. We'll talk about oaths, rituals, chants, and special activities. In 2006, Jordan Rice conducted an in-depth analysis of black Greek letter organizations. In his research, he discussed the oaths, rituals, chants, and required activities from the ritual books of each organization. Although BGLOs are not the only organization with such things, this next section will focus on BGLOs. We'll talk about their oaths. In preparation for all Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity meetings and initiation process, the sacred Delphic Shrine, or the altar of Kappa Alpha Psi, is placed in the center of the room, covered with a crimson and cream coverlet. The sacred Delphic Shrine is for Apollo, the sun god, and still exists in Greece. Candidates for acceptance are required to kneel and repeat the fraternity's oath, and pledges also go before an oracle, typically an older member considered to be a source of wise counsel or prophetic opinion. This oracle tells the pledges, If thou art noble and wise and true, the immortal gods will see you through. The Holy Bible states, We are to have no other gods before the Almighty God. If any man lacks wisdom, to let him ask of God, not an oracle. During the initiation process for Zeta Phi Beta sorority, pledges are blindfolded and go through a series of tests, most of which include reciting the sorority's oath while kneeling. Once the blindfolds are removed, they are informed, Zeta has been written on your hearts and minds. You are now ready to receive the light of Zeta. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, God states, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and write in them in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Also, in the 119th Psalm, verse 11, it reads, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Rice goes on to show how the bond between Zetas is so strong 
that when one member dies, members clasp hands in a circle and recite the following. Blessed be the ties that binds our hearts in Zeta love. The fellowship of kindred minds are like that above. Phi Beta Sigma plainly states that they are a spiritual fellowship that binds them in all activities along life's narrow pathway. However, this type of spiritual fellowship is a Greek fellowship along with Greek gods and goddesses. During their admission process, Sigmas are told the traditional story of the original Greek traveler who was led by the gods to a place called Death Valley. It's here where bones of the unfit that do not know the meaning of brotherhood are observed. The traveler is later taken to the foothills of Mount Olympus, where the greater gods were supposed to live under Zeus's rule. It goes on to say that it was in the mountains where their founding brothers became Greek. And pledges are also now part Greek. However, Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 states that I may know him, that's referring to Christ, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The official emblem of Delta Sigma Theta is Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, who was worshipped in ancient Greek and Roman societies and viewed as the daughter of Jupiter. Accordingly, a woman who becomes a candidate for the sorority is under the shadow of Minerva. During the ceremony of induction, the speaker lights the torch of wisdom as the one. Often the vice president says, our motto is, intelligence is the torch of wisdom. Behold the torch of wisdom. It burns wherever delters are assembled and guides our footsteps. The word of God lets us know in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The Delta's motto also states that they work in the name of our sorority. But the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In another part of the Delta ritual book, it goes on to say, Let me advise you. Always work in the spirit of unity. May your light so shine in the community that the name Delta Sigma Theta will ever be glorified. While there is nothing wrong with being unified, the ending of that statement is a problem because Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 states, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven.
Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, or the Brotherhood of the Ethiopians, opens its portals to all mankind. During their initiation process, which includes blindfolding pledges who kneel and eat the food prepared by the gods for Alpha Phi Alpha men, usually raw noodles. In front of their altar, all members say, Behold, behold, as blindfolds are removed and pledges see Alpha Phi Alpha, the light of the world, in large letters all over the altar. This is a great contradiction to the word of God, as Jesus is the light of the world. Also, the emblem of the fraternity is the Sphinx of Gaza, which was an idol worshipped by Egyptians. During their ceremony, Omega Sci-Fi pledges await the pleasure of Omega before whom they lay their petitions to enter the sacredness of the temple of Omega. Pledges swear their allegiance to her cause and to dedicate their lives to the service of Omega. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 states, We are to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be known unto God. Omegas also claim to be the light of the world and embody this ideal in how they carry themselves, thus holding Omega up to the world as a shining light. Iota Phi Theta fraternities initiation process until pledges being brought forth, kneeling, forming a kissing circle, the sacred paddle, and drinking from the sacred cup, often filled with brandy liquor. New members also sing their hymn in part. Iota Phi Theta, to thee our hearts we bring. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, the King James Version reads, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you enjoy our podcast and subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen in as well? We would also love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and via email at theelephant2022 at gmail.com. Now, friends, let's talk about some of the pledges and hymns. The 76th Psalm, verse number 11, reads, Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. However, the BGLOs require certain pledges and hymns that go against the ordinances of God. Sigma Gamma Rho's pledge states, To thee only, Sigma Gamma Rho, I pledge my life, 
my best efforts and cooperation. In thee I pin my faith, hope, and trust, so that the order Sigma Gamma Rho shall be a beacon of light to all womankind. AKA pledges state to thee, O Alpha Kappa Alpha, we pledge our hearts, our minds, our strength to foster their teachings, obey thy laws, and make thee supreme in service to all mankind. O Alpha Kappa Alpha, we greet thee. Iota Phi Theta, to thee our hearts we bring in token of lasting love. To thee we proudly sing. Iota Phi Theta, we vow eternally to wear the shield of brotherhood for all the world to see. Kappa stayed, O noble, Kappa Alpha Psi, the pride of all our hearts, true manliness, fidelity, Thou ever dost impart the source of our delights and joy and happiness thou art. O noble Kappa Alpha Psi, from thee we'll never part. We'll live for thee, we'll strive for thee, we'll all thy ways adore. The Deltas pled, saying, Delta, with glowing hearts we praise thee for the strength thy love bestows for the glowing grace of thy sisterhood and the power that from it flows. Keep us a strong endeavor and our souls to rapture raise. Delta lights the flame and ever warm our hearts, her bonds to praise. Delta Sigma Theta, we rejoice into thee. Delta Sigma Theta, we pledge thee loyalty. Devoted to truth, a bond of our youth that keeps our hearts clean and pure to the end. The bright gleam of thy wisdom has lighted the world. Delta Sigma Theta, our own. Phi Beta Sigma pledges, O Sigma dear, thou hast years led brave men, strong and free. To thee we raise our hearts in song. We pledge our loyalty. These are just a few examples of rituals, songs, and chants used by these organizations that may pose a challenge for disciples of Christ. Now, we cannot argue that altars were used throughout Greek and Judeo-Christian culture for mainly two reasons. One, to sacrifice to God or gods, and then secondly, for worship. However, as stated, we are to have no other gods before the Almighty God. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 34 through 37, Jesus informed us not to swear at all. However, doing rituals for these organizations, swearing allegiance is a part of the process. Rice also states that Satan is subtle in his tactics, and if these organizations are masked enough with positive things, such as community service, people are more inclined to join, not realizing the false worship in which they are engaging.
He goes on to state that these organizations are counterfeit of what God has ordained. His way of service, togetherness, loyalty, and love, which are all rooted in Christ. Now let's talk about hazing. Although banned, hazing is the imposing of strenuous or humiliating tasks upon the pledges. At times, these things can cause serious mental and physical health issues for the pledges, including death. As a disciple of Christ, if one decides to join a Greek organization, they may subject themselves to such things. It's important to remember that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we are to be careful with how we handle and manage our temples. Now, friends, let's talk about counting the cost. As stated earlier, as humans, we want to feel connected to something or someone. Heather Chesina 2022 stated in her research that most people join these Greek organizations based on the following reasons. One, friendship and networking opportunities with like-minded individuals. Number two, leadership development and training. Number three, increased social circle and support system. Four, scholarship opportunities. And five, career networking. Chasina goes on to say the dangers of joining such organizations may lead to the following. One, you may be asked or frequently tempted to do something that goes against your beliefs. Two, you could be sworn to secrecy about things that you know are wrong. Three, you may be required to take part in rituals or activities that are of pagan nature. Four, you could be pressured into doing things that you would not normally do, such as engaging in questionable activities. Number five, you may be required to put your loyalty to the organization above everything else, including God, which is a form of idolatry. You could be asked to compromise your beliefs or values in order to advance within the organization. Number seven, you may be isolated from family and friends who are not part of the organization. Again, joining any organization comes with certain levels of commitment. So it's important for disciples of Christ to count up the cost as stressed by Christ in the Gospels. This even goes for church members deciding to join the choir, the usher board, the missionary department, or other groups within the church. It's good for one to know the sacrifices it will take to fully engage in any position or organization, especially Greek organizations. They must ask some serious questions, including the following. Will being a part of Greek life affect the time they're able to spend in prayer, fasting, 
supplication, and for church attendance. Will the activities hosted by the organization take them away from other responsibilities or even cause them to engage in activities that are against God's Word? Here's a question of the heart. The Word of God states, If all hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God that he will lead and guide us into all truth. As it is widely known, many members of Greek organizations hold many things in secrecy, but nothing is hidden from God. The question then becomes this. With knowing this information about Greek organizations, does a disciple of Christ choose not to join? If they are already a member, do they renounce their membership? There are many disciples of Christ who do both. Some choose to maintain their membership, while others are beginning to renounce affiliation to such organizations. Some choose to remain attached to Greek organizations, often argue that they are biblically based, and they don't engage in activities that go against their faith. Some believe philanthropy, community service, and other valiant activities are ways they can bless mankind. On the other hand, those who choose to renounce their Greek organizations may do so because the organizations are the offspring of masonry. The organizations either unknowingly or knowingly practice witchcraft, particularly during the initiation or rededication ceremonies. There is nothing in the Bible anywhere that supports these organizations. However, the Bible shows that these organizations are in direct opposition to the word of God. They must bind themselves with an oath and or swear to avow themselves with unbelievers and sinners. It is a form of idolatry with many having more than one God or goddesses, which typically changes depending on the nation that worships it. These organizations claim that a pledge is in darkness until they give them light or enlighten them, which is normally info and history on the organization, not the word of God. None of these organizations are Bible-based, but contrary to God's words. As stated earlier, this information is being presented so that individuals can make informed decisions to join Greek fraternities. Human service and connection are important. But as stated by Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Although these organizations have much to offer, it's widely known that they have rituals, 
pledging activities and songs and chants that go against the word of God. Therefore, it is important as disciples of Christ to understand what pledging to these organizations really means. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for this episode, which I hope you have enjoyed. It was produced by Minister Juanita Jackson with contributions from Sister Mariah Dolly. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless.